All right, welcome back to episode two of Mako's Predictions. So we got this weekend, Jan Blahovich versus Corey Anderson too. But before I go into that, I just kind of want to look back and talk about some of the fights that happened this weekend or this past weekend, you know, it's been a little while. Um, and just kind of go over how I think the fights went, at least the ones that went to a decision that, you know, weren't by knockout or anything like that. So a big, really, it's just gonna be about the big two that people were saying didn't win their fights. So that would have been Derek Lewis and, um, John Jones. So, with the Derek Lewis Elu Latifi fight, the reason why I just believe that that fight went to Derek Lewis was just because, like, yes, Eler scored those takedowns, but the issue with it is just as me, if I'm a judge and I'm watching a fight and you score a takedown, like, you know, cool, I'll tally that up for you, but. It means more to me when I'm watching you with a takedown and I'm seeing you trying to do something with it. And it just seemed like with Elo TV, he was just trying to get the takedown and safely just get the win in the bag and trying to, you know, just pretty much do what Derek Lewis is weak at and exploit it. The reason I think the judges gave it to Lewis is because Lewis was doing the more exciting things. And I know that sounds stupid, but I mean, that's just kind of how some of these judges look at these fights. Because, uh, you know, Lewis was throwing constant flying knees. He was uh, throwing all these wild kicks that he normally throws. He was, you know, delivering more, you know, punches. He was throwing with more power. And then the end of the third round, he had that really big flurry. And I just feel all of that added up to them being like, well, Euler had the takedowns and they were kind of even in strikes, but Lewis still with more power. I'm going to give it to Lewis. That, to me, is why I feel they gave Lewis the nod and not Latifi. Because if you just want to do it from a straight-up, like, MMA standpoint, like, just how a fight should be judged or whatever, yeah, I think it would have probably been a split decision going towards Latifi. Because he won the first two, if you want to count the takedowns and such. And Lewis, with the flurry and all at the end, I probably would have given him the third round. And then it goes to Latifi. But I just don't think that's how they looked at it. They probably just were more impressed with Derek Lewis throwing these big power bombs at him. And so that's why they decided to give him the nod. Now, with the John Jones and... Dominic Reyes won. I understand why this is so controversial. Because, yes, the first two rounds, Reyes was putting work in on Jones. And honestly, if he had gotten a... You know, if you really, really want to push it, maybe in that first round, you could have even said that was a 10-8 round for Reyes. Maybe. It had been a really tough way to say that, but... You know, it could have been. But 
in the third round, it literally, I was watching it, and, like, when I was watching the fights, I legit said, I was like, I feel like when it reaches the halfway point, it's going to flip of, like, who's winning. And it did. Like, in the third round, Reyes was still being kind of successful towards the beginning, coming out strong. But then when it reached the uh, middle of the third round, it just, it flipped. He just started getting tired, and Jones started putting in the work. Now, in the third and the fourth and the fifth round, especially the fourth and the fifth round, I gave it to Jones because he was putting on the pressure more. Dominic Reyes wasn't throwing with the same combinations as much. So I just feel like that was that was Jones's rounds to win. Never like a 10-8 round. Those were like 10-9 rounds easy, you know, easy to judge. It's just that third round that has everybody questioning who won. Because you give Reyes that third round, and even though Jones was dominating at the end of the fight, that doesn't mean he wins. That means it's time that Reyes gets the win because he, he, you know, he won the first three rounds. Even if the first last two rounds is all Jones, you still got outscored unless you just you know pull a 10-8 and then you get a draw, I would guess. Um, but it's just, I think, you know, Rashad Evans said it on Joe Rogan's podcast. You know, to me, and I think to these judges... If you're if you're fighting the champ for the belt, I think when you beat the champ, you gotta you gotta beat the champ. Like you have gotta prove to everybody I am better than this guy. You gotta knock him out, you gotta submit him, or you just have to, you know, dominate for all not all five, but you know, for a good portion of these rounds. Like you cannot quit halfway through the fight because of that point I don't say quit, but you just you know can't get tired and start trying to like wade through the fight kind of like how Reyes was doing but you know I wasn't too I'm surprised more that it was a unanimous decision than anything because if you want to give a split decision to Jones and Reyes or Jones and uh, Santos but you do a unanimous decision with Reyes and Jones that was what got me more I was more of just like wait it was unanimous I would at least thought it was a split but, or just, you know, split, you know, 49-48, all five rounds or whatever. So that was more surprising to me. But I'm not disgruntled too much that Jones won. And I'm honestly impressed as hell with Reyes. I was not expecting Reyes to come out the way he did. And... I, you know, started looking back at some of Jones's older fights, and I, it's just, you know, for one thing, people don't seem to, well, some people do, but a lot of people just didn't realize just how big Reyes is. I mean, this dude is giant for 205. Like, he, I am so surprised he makes that weight without a lot of trouble. He is huge for this weight class. And that doesn't mean that Jones isn't, but I just feel like with this new generation, you know, what used to be considered huge for the weight class, which was Jones and, like, Gustafsson, it's like, yeah, you've got guys coming up that are that height, the same height as Jones and Gustafsson, but now they've got this mass on them as well. So they're just these big, giant 205ers coming up to fight you. So, I mean, you know, the most surprising thing to me of the fight was the fact that Reyes was able to keep Jones off him when he shot those takedowns like it was nothing. Like, that was very surprising. 
But when the overall fight gets scored, I am not shocked with the the Jones decision. I don't think it was a bad decision. I think it was a pretty solid decision. But um, overall, I just... I think that when we see Jones next, whoever that is, whether it be Jan Blahovich, whether it be Corey Anderson, whether it be Reyes, whether it be Santos, I think for that next fight, he needs to go out there and whoever he's fighting, he has to dominate. Because I feel like at this point in his career, with all these fights he's had, getting closer and closer and closer, he's got to get out there and show why he's champion. But... Other than that, I wasn't too, you know, dumbfounded by the decision. So, with the card this weekend, it's pretty surprising that this card's actually decently stacked. I mean, you know, I thought the one with uh, with Macy with Macy Chasson being a, a big up and comer. I think she's making her debut at Bantamweight now. She was a flyweight, and I always thought she was so big for flyweight. So she's making her Bantamweight thing, and she started making a pretty big rise. I was surprised to see her so low on the card with only one loss. But, you know, it's just you see a couple of these people, and it's like, damn. Like, especially, like, some people on the lower cards. You got Jim Miller, John Dodson, Tim Means. I mean, they're all on the lower card, and that's just crazy to me. Especially with how big of a name that they are. Especially with, you know, even some normal fans. Not even like the hardcore fans. Especially Jim Miller. But, you know, starting with those fights. You've got the first one I'm interested in. Which is Daquan Townsend and Devin Clark. With this fight, I think what Devin Clark is going to do. Is he's going to try and pull out his wrestling. Because that's obviously where Daquan is weakest at. Daquan is, you know, he kind of got brought into the UFC as a last-minute replacement. And he did, you know, I'm not going to try and say the dude's name that he fought. Because, by God, do I not remember how to pronounce it. Uh, you know, like it's like Hakeem or something like that. I don't remember. I just know that dude's like a real big wrestler. And he had a loss to uh, Ankaliyev earlier this year. Um, but, you know, he came in. On like I think it was two weeks notice, one week's notice, something like that. And he did decent for you know such a little time frame, and um, you know yeah he didn't win the fight, but it was a good showing. And then his last fight he had just recently really at 185. Again he did okay, but the wrestling was just too much, and he was just getting outworked. In this fight though with Devin Clark, um, you know Clark has been known to gas out pretty early if he really tries to push the pace too hard. And if you do that with Daquan, I feel like he'll be able to put his boxing together and he'll be able to start putting the work on Devin Clark. Now, Clark is no slouch. He's got power. He hits hard. He's got more muscle and strength than I know what to th- you know, a lot of dudes don't even know what to deal with. It's so He's so strong. But if you can get past that first round while making him work hard, I feel like in the end, if you're able to stuff the takedowns and use superior striking, you'll come out on top. And that's where I feel Daquan has a chance. And, you know, I don't know who the favorite coming into this is. I feel like 
it would be uh, easy for them to say Devin Clark because, you know, he's been in the UFC for a little bit. He's got UFC wins. So it wouldn't be a surprise if Devin Clark was the favorite coming into this fight. But who do I think will win is I think we're going to see... I don't know why I have this feeling, but I feel like Daquan Townsend is going to come out and he is going to put on a better performance than you would expect. And I think there's going to be a pretty good feeling there's going to be a KO somewhere in here. And I'm going to say second round by Daquan Townsend, even though that's probably not the favorite, you know, and that's not a good choice. I just feel like, I don't know why, I feel like Daquan is going to do something good in this fight. If he doesn't, Oh, well. (laughs) Uh, Next, you've got Jim Miller and you've got Scott Holtzman. You know, Jim Miller, veteran among veterans, among veterans, most fights in UFC history. Um, I don't know if he's coming off of a win or a loss, I think, because he had that fight with uh, Clay Guida earlier last year. I think that was his last fight. But... Oh, he's coming into this fight. Scott Holtzman, who's, you know, been around. He's a pretty good fighter. Uh, he's always tough. Always, uh, you know, when you fight him, you're always going to be tested. And uh, I feel like if he gets to the ground, Jim Miller's going to have a good chance. But he's got to get it to the ground first. That's where I feel like it's going to be a problem. I just feel like Scott's a little bit better in his career right now. Not saying on wins and losses, but just like where he's at. And so I just kind of feel that Scott's going to come out on top of this fight. You know, even though a lot of people don't, I think, are probably going to go for Jim Miller thinking his ground game's just going to be too much. I just kind of feel that Scott's going to pull it out in the end. And I think it's going to be by... uh, I think it's going to be by either third round KO or decision for Holtzman. If Jim Miller wins, that'll be great for him, though. Add another one to the list, you know. Um, Next, you got John Dodson, Nathaniel Wood, which is a fight I'm very surprised uh, didn't make it to the main card. I was shocked by that. Um... You know, I think Nathaniel Wood, I think he's making his debut from King of the Cage. And I watched his fight that got him into the UFC on the King of the Cage. And that was one of the craziest fights I've seen in a long time outside of the UFC. That fight was nuts for as long as it lasted. But that's the thing is... I feel like if he goes in there and he tries to crazy strike like he was doing in that King of the Cage fight against somebody like Dodson, I do not see that going well for him. Dodson is one of the most explosive guys I've ever seen in the UFC and just in general. Like, he is just explosive almost to a fault. He is just able to push off the gas like I've never seen. And he almost beat Peter Yan 
whenever they fought. And Peter Yan is no joke. That dude is top of the division right now trying to get a title shot. And Peter Yan, you know, is one of the best strikers in the Bantamweight division right now. And he rocked him because you just, you can't sleep on Dotson for one second. You sleep on him for one second and you'll end up being like how Dillashaw was. He'll just catch you. Because he'll be in your face before you even know what happened. Now, in this fight, though, you know, Dodson's getting up there in age. Um, he's, you know, been in the UFC for a long time. He's had a lot of fights, settled a couple of wars. Honestly, he's taken a lot of damage. He's got one hell of a chin, you know. I don't think he's ever been knocked out. And he's fought guys like Demetrius Johnson and John Lineker and TJ Dillashaw and Peter Yan, just all these, you know, pretty hard-hitting 135ers and then 125ers. And you don't think he's ever got knocked out. Um, at least in the UFC that I know of. It's may have, may have not. But uh, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like Dodson is going to just have the experience over Wood. Like the, the top-level... You know, he's been a top-level flyweight, top-level bantamweight, title ta- challenger, title challenger. I just feel like that's going to benefit him in the long run. And I just I feel it's going to be by John Dotson getting first-round KO. I think he's going to catch Wood with something. He's just going to explode out of nowhere, and Wood's not going to see it, and he's just going to get caught. Now, you know, Wood does have a hell of a chin from what I saw in that King in the Cage fight. But, I mean, it only takes one from Dodson. Like, you rest on Dodson for one second, he, he'll catch you. So, I just, I think it's, I feel it's going to be Dodson by first round. Now, I kind of want to talk about the Tim Means fight, but I don't really know his opponent well enough and Daniel Rodriguez. So I can't talk a lot about that fight and act like, you know, I know enough about it to really give a prediction. So, you know, whatever. I'll say Tim Means wins second round submission. I mean, I, I don't know. I know Tim Means was coming off that hard loss that he got, I think it was injured in. So I hope that he's able to bounce back from that. But other than that, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen in that fight. All right, so in the main card, starting off, you've got a really good fight in Lando Venata and Yancy Medeiros. The way I see this fight going is you've got a guy in Yancy Medeiros who is a good striker, who's been in main events before, like he was with Cowboys over that, so he's been in the biggest of the pictures before. Um, you know, good striker, ground game is questionable. And that was really shown in the Gregor Gillespie fight. That was rough. And I don't think he has fought since that fight, um, if I remember right. But, I mean, I can't blame him. I mean, Gregor put a beating, and I mean a beating on Yancey. I think Yancey had all of not even 10 strikes when the fight was said and done. He got nothing on Gregor. And so I think he just decided to take a break. Now, he is coming back to a very good fight for him in Lando Venata. 
because Lando is, you know, known for his wild, crazy striking style, throwing all types of looks at you, throwing these crazy spinning back kicks and, you know, wild punches and, you know, using almost just unnecessary techniques at times to just keep you off your guard. Now, we have seen in, you know, past fights, he's kind of gone a little calmer and tried to get a little tamer with how he how he fights. Because, yeah, just, you know, I think it's just he thought the wild striking wasn't working or something. I don't know. I mean, he's coming off that loss to, uh, if I can remember how to pronounce it, Mark Dieski. And I feel in this fight, Lando needs to get a win. I don't know as much for Yancey. Yancey maybe need to get a win too, but especially Lando. Lando needs to get a win in this fight to stay in the UFC, in my opinion. The fight is its just hard to say how it's going to go because I feel when it comes to boxing, Yancey's a better boxer. And I feel when it comes to kickboxing, Lando would be a better kickboxer. And I think it's just going to matter between how good they are between those two skills, who's going to come out on top. And then Yancey also does have a major size advantage over Lando. Because Lando is not the biggest 155-er. I don't think he cuts a lot of weight. Yancey does. I mean, Yancey just, you know, fought at 170 for a while. Had pretty good success there. The difference is, I think, with Yancey, though... When he goes to 155, you know, I know when he was at 170, he was he had pretty good power, and he was getting dudes pretty good, especially when his fight with Cowboy. He even caught Cowboy at one point. You know, I just don't feel that his power transfers that well to 155, and he uses more of his size and his weight to try to just, like, almost bully you if he has to get into grappling exchanges and even the striking exchanges. But he doesn't have the same power that he does at 170. Whereas Lando carries all of his power with him at 155. Doesn't lose any of it. So I feel Lando is going to be in a bigger advantage at that point. Especially because he knows he's coming into a striking exchange. And he's going to be in a striking match pretty much. It's going to be a kickboxing match against Yancey Medeiros. And it's also the fact that, you know, Yancey's chin at this point, I'm not going to say it's questionable, because he really didn't get knocked out in that Gregor Gillespie fight, he just got dominated, and he just got TKO'd, he got knocked out in the Cowboy fight, I don't know, at this point, I just feel if Lando catches him with something, it's going to catch him, and it's going to be bad. And I feel, I feel like there's going to be a crazy knockout in this fight on one of two sides. Lando has a tough chin, though, and Lando can take some shots. But if I wanted to see who's going to win this fight, I think I got to go with Lando second round knockout. Um, I just, I don't know why, I just feel... I just feel like he is going to put the work and he's going to catch Yancey with something crazy, spinning wheel kick, something like that, just something he wasn't see coming. And uh, I 
just feel like that's how the fight's gonna go. I just I see a I see a knockout happening. So after that fight, you're gonna go up and you got another fight. Most because I'm interested in him from the contender series, but you got uh, Brock Weaver and Rodrigo Vargas. I, this is another one of those fights I can't really give a good uh, prediction on. Most because I don't know much about Rodrigo Vargas. I do know Brock Weaver, though, and I have watched a few of his fights. I've seen maybe one of Rodrigo's fights. I'm pretty sure he's a good jiu-jitsu guy that just kind of has some, you know, pretty wild striking. Whereas Brock is just forward pressure in your face, never gets out of it, doesn't care what you throw at him, he's throwing it right back. So I, I feel like in that regard, and this being his UFC debut, and he's really trying to make a name for himself, you know, being a very, uh, you know, he's very into, his, into Native American culture, and you know, he's very proud of being a Native American, and I feel like he wants to make a name for the Native American people in the UFC. I just feel like he's coming out here with something to prove. And I just feel like at the end he is he is gonna be, you know, trying to get this win to show he deserves to be in the UFC. So when I have to pick someone for this fight, I'm gonna say Weaver. And I'm gonna say just decision. I feel like it's they're both gonna be tough as hell. Neither one of them's gonna be able to knock each other out. It's gonna be a really fun fight. And I feel like Weaver is going to come in at the end by decision. So. Alright, and then we get to the co-main event. Diego Sanchez, the, you know, forever warrior, the dream, the nightmare, been around about as long as I've been alive, I swear to God. And then you've got Michelle Pereira coming in to his third fight in the UFC. This fight is interesting because I don't think Diego Sanchez, I mean, there's a lot of people I don't think who have uh, ever fought anybody like Michel Pereira. I mean, this guy, you know, yeah, people joke and say he's like the Johnny Walker of the welterweight division. It's true. I mean, he is. He, he is the Johnny Walker of the welterweight division. Um, you know, he throws crazy looks at you, flying knees, spinning back kicks, rolling thunders. I mean, just throws everything in the book. Now, the issue with that and the reason I think he has more losses on his record than he should is because he throws all that stuff, and when it doesn't work, he gets gassed. And, you know, he throws all this stuff, and it works most a lot of the times because he is such a big welterweight. He is huge for welterweight. I mean, you know, one of the biggest welterweights I've seen. And that's where I feel like there's going to be a problem here for Diego because Diego has, you know, kind of gone away from the 
these crazy striking wars that he always was doing where he was just trying to get in your face to see who the tougher guy was. You know, that Diego is not really a thing. He doesn't want to fight like that anymore. I mean, Diego's crazy, but he's not dumb. You know, I think he knows that at this point in his career, he's more of one foot out than one foot in. And so he kind of switched his style up to go back to how he used to fight, especially like on The Ultimate Fighter, where he was this wrestle-heavy, jiu-jitsu-heavy style, always pressuring you, trying to go for takedowns and get on top of you and ride you out and tire you out. And, you know, in the most part, you say you hear that and you would think that that is a very good fight for him and Michelle Pereira, and it is. Until you think about, one, how big Michelle Pereira is. A guy that could probably fight at 185. That's fighting at 170. Going against a guy who spent most of his career at 155. So you got a guy like that going against a guy who is honestly not big for the 170 division. Who, at this point in his career, is... Again, like I said, one foot out besides one foot in. You know, he's he's getting old. You know, he's getting near the age that it's probably almost time to retire. It's, you know, getting close. And, you know, I mean, Diego's not coming off a lot of, like, TKO losses up recently. You know, he had the win against, I think his name was Alex White, who was, you know, not he wasn't really anything in the UFC. I think he had two fights and lost uh, his contract with the UFC. And he had the, the win over Mickey Gall, which... That win was very impressive. That was a very impressive win, in my opinion. You know, going out there, everybody thought Mickey Gall had that. And it was time for uh, Diego to step down. But he, he put the work in. And, you know, you know, Mickey said he had some injuries in that fight. But overall, it was very impressive. It was a very impressive fight. And then he had that fight with me, me, uh, Michael Chiesa. And just got... I mean, Chiesa, like I said... My last prediction video, Chiesa is just a monster at 170. I mean, just 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 this giant wrestler that's trying to get in your face, hold you down, make you just grind for 15 to 25 minutes. You know, it's no surprise the dude went for an interim belt at one point. But I'm in my opinion, I'm getting the feeling that Michel Pereira is going to come out there and he is going to catch Diego with something. That Diego is just, and you know, that's how a lot of these fights are, I've been predicting are going. Is they're just, you know, Lando and Dodson and Michel, they've just got these crazy striking abilities. That they can just catch you with something that you would have never expected to see coming at you. And that's the same, you know, same thing with Michel Pereira. He'll throw... I mean, that fight he had last that he lost was just nuts. And started. Literally leaped over his opponent at one point. I mean, that is some ex- just insane athletic ability. And that's why I feel... Diego is going to go in for a takedown. 
And Diego's takedowns, not the worst, but not the best. I feel like Michelle is going to read that. Maybe get taken down once, maybe not. Survive it. And just look for his opening. Diego's going to shoot for one. And Michelle is just going to bring just a knee to the face. And I've got Michelle Pera by first round knockout. Hell, I'll go a step further and I'll even say the flying knee. That's just what I feel is going to happen. We'll see. Maybe Diego weathers the storm and he gets his wrestling on and he starts putting the pressure on. But I just have a feeling Michelle Pereira is going to put on a good performance for himself, especially coming off that loss, being the biggest uh, upset of the year when you look at the betting odds. I feel like he wants to come off of that and he wants to come back with a big win. So, I've, I've got Michelle Pereira first round knockout. And now you got the main event. Pretty much what is being called a title eliminator between Jan Blachowicz and Corey Anderson. They're rematching. Last time it was Corey Anderson by decision. Domination, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he did amazing in that fight against Jan. But Jan, at this point now, is a lot different of a fighter than he was then. I mean, hell, coming off of a knockout to Luke Rockhold, and then coming off of, you know, sadly the most boring fight of the year between him and Jacare. That fight, you know, that fight made me sad uh, because I just really like Jan and I love Jacare and it was just so sad that that fight couldn't get off like it wanted it to and, you know, wish the best to Jacare. He's got that fight with Uriah Hall coming up. Hopefully he can bounce back. I don't know. I kind of think Uriah is going to start to show that he's Jock Ray's starting to age we'll see what happens though but I mean Jan I think is at the best time in his career he's at his prime I think he's 6-1 in his last few fights that one loss come from Tiago um Corey Anderson's been on a uh the 4 fight win streak I think it was either a four-fight or a three-fight win streak. I know he had the Johnny Walker win, the Ilo Latifi win, but uh, it's been three or four fights, something like that. So he's on a pretty decent win streak in himself. In this fight, Corey is definitely the better wrestler. He proved that the first time, and I still think he'll prove it this time. I just think he's too good of a wrestler. Jan, I would say, is the better jiu-jitsu guy. I feel like Jan has got better ground game than Corey does. Corey's more of ground and pound. Jan's more of trying to get submissions off. And it comes to the striking. It's been cracking me up because, you know, they both have had they both had really good knockouts last year. You had the Corey Anderson, Johnny Walker knockout. Then you had the uh, Jan and Luke Rock, Luke Rockhold knockout. I mean, they're both coming off of really good knockouts. But 
the more impressive one to me, I think, was probably the Johnny Walker, Corey Anderson one. Because, I mean, Luke was kind of making that desperation weight jump to try and, you know, test his luck one more time at the belt. And it just didn't work out for him. He, you know, he got caught. Um, I think it was the better knockout was the Luke knockout. I mean, Luke got smoked from that hook by Jan. I mean, that was nuts. I never thought I'd see Jan knock somebody out like that. But, I mean, it is Luke Rockhold, so, you know. Um, But the Johnny Walker one was more impressive. I mean, Johnny Walker coming in, dominating three people in a row. And two of the three were pretty big names in Khalil Roundtree and... uh, um, I just went blank. Can't remember that dude's name. Flying knee hurts up during the worm, but you know what I'm talking about. Two pretty good wins, especially the Khalil Roundtree win. That one was very surprising to me with how much he just dominated Khalil Roundtree. And so in this fight, you know, you had Corey Anderson was an underdog, and I don't think a lot of people thought he was going to get the win. But, you know, he showed up. He was driven. He was pissed. He was not happy. He wanted to show the world that. I am a world-class fighter, and this dude y'all think is just somebody that's going to smoke me. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, it was a good fight. It went well in the end, and, you know, I feel like he showed that everybody that he is a world-class fighter. And it's honestly a very, very good fight. Um, I think the only reason that Corey is going to come in as, I would think, a bigger favorite is because he already has the win over Jan to begin with. But this fight is just, you know, the striking is about even. Wrestling goes to one side, jiu-jitsu and ground game goes to the other side. If I have to go based off of just pure, pure physical attributes, is another thing that Jan has, is Jan is just a giant at 205. This dude is huge for 205. I remember when, you know, Luke put on all that weight, he came out, and Jan just towered over him. I mean, Jan looked like he was twice Luke's size, and Luke had put on, like, I think it was like 230 in the fight. Now, my thing is, and the thing I think that favors Corey a little bit, is Jan is coming off of two wins on two guys that both fought at 185 who were both very good 185ers but Jan is a big 205er fighting guys that were 185ers and so I just feel like in the in the end that kind of gave him the strength advantage but the thing is Corey is a true as it gets 205er who has already shown that his ground and pound was something that dominated you last time. But I feel like they're going to be more prepared for that this time. Because at that point, it's just crazy to me that Jan and Corey weren't even names yet in the UFC, really. I mean, they were not that well-known. And it was just crazy to see that not just a few years later, they're back at it again. It's for a title eliminator. Because that's how I feel this should go. I feel like this fight should be the title eliminator. I do not think Dominic Reyes should get the rematch. I think Reyes 
should fight Santos. And I think the winner between Santos and Reyes gets that rematch because they both earned it. So whoever wins gets the rematch against Jones. Meanwhile, Jones is going to fight Corey or Jan. But I just... It is so hard to pick in this fight because there's no true discrepancy between these two besides the two different things. And that somebody has a little bit better jiu-jitsu, somebody has better wrestling. I just feel like at this point, Jan is going to be a little more aggressive with trying to defend the takedown from uh, Corey. So, like, when it comes to my decision, I mean, for me, personally, how I see it, it's just a coin flip. And it's more of just who I want to see win. So, I guess who I'd like to see win this fight would be uh, Jan. I want to see Jan win. I feel like he has worked his butt off. He's done everything UFC's asked. And I feel like at this point, he should just get his title shot. Especially because he's, you know, in the twilight of his... Not in the twilight as in near the end. But like in the brightest part of his career he's ever been. So I feel like I want Jan to win. Third round submission. Um, and then who they would be fighting next... fighting Jones, of course. Corey, I think, should fight, if he wins or loses, I think he should fight the winner of Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira, and that'd be a good fight, but other than that, I mean, that's, I can't, it's, it's so hard for me to really try and guess how this fight's going to go, so I just think that's my best guesstimate on it. And uh, that's actually going to conclude the podcast. It's a little short this week. I mean, with these smaller cards, you know, it's not going to be guys that I've really watched a lot of that I can really go into too deep of their striking and their wrestling and just their MMA in general. And that's going to be most of the time with these, you know, UFC on ESPN or UFC on ESPN Plus cards. But the actual pay-per-views, most of the time with the pay-per-views, I'll have a pretty good insight on it. And I'll have a little more conversation about how I feel like the fight's going to go and everything, but yeah, that's going to end this podcast, and you know, hope y'all enjoy the fights, y'all have a safe weekend, and uh, I'll see y'all all next time. All right, have a good one.